0: Hello and welcome to Verified Live. The widow of Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader who died in jail last week, has accused the Russian President Vladimir Putin of killing her husband. In a video statement, Yulia Navalny said the Russian authorities are hiding his body. She promised that she would continue her husband's fight for a free Russia. Our correspondent Bethany Bell reports now from Brussels, where Mr Navalny's widow is meeting with European foreign ministers. Привет.
1: Yulia Navalny. Alexei Navalny's widow, Yulia, says she'll continue to fight for a free Russia. She says her husband was killed because the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, couldn't break him. Another person should be here in my place. But that person was killed by Vladimir Putin. We know exactly why Putin killed Alexei three days ago. We will tell you soon. But the most important thing we can do for Alexei and for ourselves is to go on fighting. I will continue Alexei Navalny's work. Alexei Navalny died in this prison camp in the Arctic Circle. Prison authorities say he suffered sudden death syndrome. The Kremlin has denied involvement in his death, calling the accusations frankly obnoxious. It says there are no results yet in the investigation into the death. Earlier, Mr. Navalny's mother was blocked from entering a mortuary where his body was believed to be. Today, Yulia Navalnaya is in Brussels meeting with EU foreign ministers. The EU's foreign policy chief says they're considering new punishments against those responsible for Mr. Navalny's treatment.
2: Yes, member
0: state will propose sanctions for sure against the responsible, well, the. the the great responsible is uh, Putin himself.
1: Other ministers said Mr Navalny's death underlined the wider threat posed by Russia in Ukraine. EU ministers are keen to support the political opposition in Russia and honour Mr Navalny's memory. There are also calls for measures to punish those responsible for his treatment. But with so many other sanctions already in place, their options are somewhat limited. Bethany Bale, BBC News, Brussels.
0: Well, I've been getting reaction a little earlier. I spoke to Mark Saber, who's the former head of the communications for the Global Magnitsky Justice Campaign. Now, you may remember that is a group that seeks to impose asset freezes on human rights abusers and corrupt officials. Well, I asked him if it was a viable option to seize Russia's frozen assets. Uh, One of the suggestions made today by Estonia's Prime Minister. Have a listen.
2: I think it's very viable. I think assets have been frozen around the world since the start of the war with Ukraine. Those assets should be collected and actually given to Ukraine to help with their own rebuilding and reconstruction. Um, There's very little that can be done, uh, as history has shown in the last few years, to pressure President Putin to change the way that he's running his country and the way he's behaving. So let's exert pressure from the outside. On a practical
0: level, to seize those frozen assets, give them to Ukraine, I mean, how easy or difficult is that, practically?
2: Well, the assets are frozen by individual countries who seize houses, yachts, bank accounts, uh, state assets and so on. And uh, what you can have is an intermediary account set up, uh, managed by an international uh, consortium, where the money goes to and is then distributed to Ukraine for its own reconstruction. So if there was a will, you could do this, you think, relatively easily? I mean, you need the will. There are lots of countries that have the will to do it. And now you need to have everyone willing to cooperate to make it happen. But there's no doubt that all the uh, frozen assets should be given in some way to, to Ukraine for reconstruction.
0: In terms of the amount of money we're talking about, yeah. assets frozen, what, what is that roughly as a figure?
2: So as a rough estimate, we think it's approximately 300 billion US dollars. Um, I believe in the UK it's around £22 billion uh, that have been frozen uh, and that's everything from state assets, houses, yachts, uh, who knows what other assets and uh, bank accounts and savings and so on. But there's a rough estimate of around £300 around the world. We heard in
0: that piece the EU leaders talking about consequences uh, without defining what those consequences could be. So that is one key area and I've seen a lot of comment about uh, this whole area of using frozen assets. If there were other things that we've had sanctions since the start of this war yep. in Ukraine. What else is there that could be done that isn't being done?
2: Well, there's a few things. First of all, um, the sanctions regimes should be tightened for those who killed Navalny. But also, there should be some sort of penalty for organisations who continue to work for sanctioned individuals and sanctioned companies. There are uh, public affairs agencies, lobbying firms, uh, media organisations, PR firms, and so on who continue. To, to take money from sanctioned individuals. That should be stopped. Um, we should also look at um, expelling Russia from some uh, multilateral institutions. There comes a point where you have to say, enough is enough when it comes to this behavior. But there's, the, the really important thing is this, The world's authoritarian states are looking at Russia to see how it behaves and how it will handle all of this. And the more the Western democracies don't have a cohesive and firm policy towards it, then that gives a green light to countries like China, Venezuela, Iran to do what they want, knowing that Western uh, countries don't have a strategy for dealing with it.
0: Just a quick final thought about what is happening inside of Russia, because the official explanation around cause of death keeps flip-flopping, all sorts of things being thrown out there, do you think that's a deliberate strategy that if there is no
2: set line, it becomes harder then to dismantle one position? Well, I think it's a few things. First of all, it's an incohesive place. Uh, Each department will be putting out its own statement, each department and each person will say what they want. But also, this is a a playbook in Russia that we've seen many times. When Sergei Magnitsky was killed in 2009, there was an investigation. There wasn't an investigation. They found him, you know, guilty of dying by stoppage of breath before they admitted that he was beaten. So we're going to see the same with Navalny, a constant flip-flopping of the reasons, the causes and the outcomes.
0: Well, that was Mark Saber from the Global Machinsky uh, Justice Campaign talking to me just a short while ago.